here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Amen. So I really just felt strongly stirred this morning to share on... um, how to live through a crisis, how to live through a crisis, and uh, you can see by the picture that it's, I believe it's to celebrate through it. <laughs> how to live through a crisis is not to hide in a corner, it's to celebrate the victory which we have, and, uh, and that's really the focus, and, and if you think about what, why do you celebrate Mother's Day today, because today is the day we focus on it, like every day is Mother's Day, it's supposed to be, every day is the day mothers work hard, isn't it? Like today's maybe a day they shouldn't work as hard and we can help them out a bit more. But uh, every day is, 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 is like we have Sunday and we have what some people call Sabbath. But every day is a day for Jesus. Every day is a day of rest. Every day is a day of victory uh, if we live in the fullness of Christ. So what it really is, is just focus. So how to live through a focus, I believe, is to keep your focus. Oh, sorry, how to live through a crisis is to keep your focus and determine your, what you're going to focus on. So... How do you do that? Well, the first thing is, if you're in, in, in fear, then you're not in a sound mind, according to what's it, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. You're either in, 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 God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, how do you deal with a crisis? You need power. It's good to know that you, that you love, and then you want to make decisions with a sound mind, don't you? When do people make really bad decisions? Is when they're in fear, and when they're spinning, or when they sometimes even intoxicated. Why is it not a good idea to drink and drive? Because you, you're not of a sound mind. You can't make good decisions and you can't react quickly. So if we're in fear, it's a way of the world intoxicating us and making, like, inhibiting our decision-making capabilities. So it's so important that we don't make decisions in fear. And if we realize we're in fear, it's also very important that we realize and remind ourselves that there's no condemnation. So that's the first thing that I want to just share. Like, Things happen. <laughs> so yesterday, Eddie sat here in front and, uh, and we had a chat about his life. And I mean, amazing, amazing testimony. And you have to listen to it to get it. But what he just said was basically he got saved. He got radically saved. And, I mean, my first session yesterday, I kicked the day off of what it means to be born again. And um, if you get born again, you can get born again again. But if you get born from above, born from the spirit, it's a one time thing. So that's why people get born again and again, because you're just resetting the factory settings every time. You're not pulling into what the spirit realm is, what God has for you in the spirit. And once you get born from the above, born from God, born from the spirit, then, uh, I mean, there I go again. I get so excited about that. <laughs> I just pull up the handbrake and you need to listen to the, the teaching. But um, yeah, I, I, Shane ended on a house on, as a house on fire and I started the day off as a house on fire because uh, we were just so full of this amazing revelation that God has given uh, all of us as His children. But we need to realize from where we operate. We need to realize that it's no condemnation. We are loved. We are adored by God. We're not just loved by Him. We are adored by Him. Yes, you love your dog, but sometimes you just want to lock it outside because it barks too much, don't you? It's only me. That's why I don't have a dog. <laughs> you, love, you love people. You love children. And sometimes you just had enough. You just need a break. Like you, you've used those words. Moms, I know you do. Husband comes home and you just put the kid in his arms and says, I need a break now. Okay? Husband, you come home tired from work, but you didn't have kids all day, so you take the, car, the child because you see in your, in your wife's eyes that this is now a time where you don't go against it <laughs> for the love of the household. But it's so awesome to know that God never needs a timeout. God never needs a timeout. Back to my story about Eddie. So Eddie sat here and he said, like, so he got saved. And I said, Eddie, okay, so then it was roses and rainbows and unicorns and life was awesome and he laughed and basically obviously the answer is no so whoever tells you come to christ and they'll never have a problem in your life again that's a lie that's a lie from the pit of hell i've had people come to me and they say peter since we joined your church like everything's been going wrong i said awesome you're in the right place and they said why what do you mean i said obviously the enemy is not wanting you here so he's trying to distract you like just stick it out push through and then you'll see that you're going to stay and you'll you'll be fine Sometimes people listen and they stick through and they, they grow and they mature and sometimes they leave because it's too much. The word speaks about it in Mark 4. If you're not mature, you'll take offense. If you're not rooted, like, you, you're going to be offended and you're going to fall over. But like, I can't force you 
to get rooted. I can only make sure that there's an opportunity for you to get rooted, to be matured. And there's many opportunities, one of them yesterday. And I mean, Eddie like, got saved and then he got shot. Before he got saved, he never, I don't know if he ever got shot. But, but when he got saved, he got attacked by three guys, 30 rounds fired and six or five, five hit him. After he got saved, how does that work? Well, Jesus said in, um, in John 16, 33, in this world you will have tribulation. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Why didn't you prophesy something else? Well, he was this, the, the truth. So that is truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So what he says is truth. And he says, these things I've spoken to you, that in you, me, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So how do we go through a, a crisis? We be of good cheer. Peter, how's that possible? Well, Jesus said it's possible. Jesus said you'll do what I did and greater things. So it's possible. Again, it's a focus thing. It's so much about our focus. John 16, 17, 18. If, you want, if you're going through a crisis, go camp there. John 16, 17, and 18. Jesus is basically going through a crisis himself while preparing his disciples for the crisis of the crucifixion. John 17, he prays for us. John 18 goes on. But John 16, he says, I'll give you the Holy Spirit. Just before this, he speaks about the Holy Spirit. And then he says, be of good cheer, because you're going to have trouble in this world. Not be of good cheer because every, gonna, every day is going to be a party. No, every day is a party, but the party is on the inside. I mean, <laughs> that's the problem. We look at the outside and then we de determine how our day was, but we need to look on the inside. And if we see that the, we have the transformed life, we have God on the inside of us. And guess what? It was a horrible day, but God didn't leave. It was a horrible thing that happened, but God didn't cause it. It was a horrible thing maybe that you're going through, but God is in it with you. Like the disciples went through a storm and who rested? Who was asleep? Jesus. Well, he was in the same storm. He could have drowned. Do you know that? How is that possible? Well, he died on a cross. So he could have drowned in a lake. Have you ever thought of that? He wasn't asleep because he was stupid. No, he was asleep because he had the right focus. He was asleep because he was baptized by the Holy Spirit at that stage already. The New Living Translation says, I have told you this so that you have, may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Where is our peace? Our peace is in Him. Not in our circumstances or our lack of circumstances. Shane likes to say, um, we live in troubled times, but we don't have to live troubled lives. So your, your, your circumstances might be troubling, but you don't have to be troubled by them. Because it's again a focus thing. It's about what's on the inside. And, and don't tell me I'm stupid and like I'm naive. Yes, I am naive. I'm naive in the spirit. Because my Bible says I don't live by sight, but I live by faith. So I live by the inside, the inside man. So we'll get a bit more practical in a moment. But how do you, how do you go through a crisis? It's your focus. So how do you set your focus? Remind yourself that you're born from above. Remind yourself that you're not of this world. Remind yourself that you're just visiting here. Remind yourself constantly that the one that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. 1 John 4 and verse 17. So again, it is the inside out life. I know there's a movie about that, about emotions. Well, we are higher than that. We've got the power of God on the inside of us, the Holy Spirit. Yes, we have emotions. Emotions are indicators, not directors. Emotions should indicate to you that your thinking isn't right or is right. Happiness is an emotion. Joy is spiritual. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is eternal. Joy is you can be in World War II and be joyful. You might not be happy, but you can be full of joy. It's not exactly the same thing. You're happy when your team wins, you're sad when they lose. But joy says it's not about soccer or rugby or whatever you watch on TV because that's temporal. I mean, I love sport. No, I really do. But I've realized more and more how that's just like a, it's a fake thing that is a massive distraction in this world. It's just like, it's like, the powers that be sort of give us some toys to keep us busy with while the real things are happening in life. And I still watch it. I watched a little bit of the Stormers game last night. Luckily, only a little bit because uh, uh, Paul at the back will remind me. And my father-in-law, who's visiting us, he was with us. And I said, do you really now want to, to cause family discord uh, after such an amazing conference? Because he's a massive Blue Bull supporter. <laughs> so before I got married... Natasha's father said to me, um, or said to her, your, your husband must be two things. He must be a Blue Bull supporter, and he must love fishing. Well, I do neither. <laughs> I love fishing with him now, because I realized, guys, I must have said this yesterday, but don't tell the ladies, but fishing is just an excuse to stand and do nothing. Huh? That's awesome. <laughs> 
Fishing is an excuse to stand and watch the sea or the, the shore or the, the, the lake and do nothing. It's, an, it's, a, it's a reason to do nothing, which is awesome, because we don't have a lot of time to do nothing. It's a good time to think and to fellowship. But uh, yeah, so we not get distracted by these things. I mean, there's people who commit suicide when their sports team lose. That's not even a crisis. For them, it is the massive thing, but it's sad because for them, it's become a religion. And all the ladies said, Amen, preach that. Good message for Mother's Day. <laughs> Never thought you would hear about sports teams on Mother's Day, but I love sport, but it's a distraction. Enjoy it, but don't let it take over your life. Like any other thing, hobbies, it's good. Spend time with, use those things to connect to people. Yes, then it becomes important, then it becomes valuable. Jesus said, Even money. Like, even money, use that to make friends in heavenly places. Like, because then you'll have people welcoming you when you get there. Your money's not going to wait there for you. So you can just as well spend it to make friends for heaven. Amen? Deuteronomy 8.18 says that um, you can make money, yes, but it is for the establishing of the kingdom. It's for the preaching of the gospel. For the good news. That is what we have in this place. So, let's focus on it. So, remind yourself that you're born from above. 1 John 5 and verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves Him, who begot, also loves Him who is begotten of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. Whoever believes that Jesus Christ is born of God. Do you think God is going to fall apart in a crisis? Did Jesus fall apart in a crisis? No. The closest we got is in the Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, Jesus went through some troubled times there. Like, let's be honest. And even Jesus prayed a prayer and he says, Lord, if not, if not, not my will, but your will. That's a good prayer. Like, acknowledge the situation. That's what Jesus did. But at the end, he said, Lord, I know that your plan is better. And it's not a sovereign thing like you in control. He knew exactly what the plan was. He knew the prophecies about himself. He knew what he was having to go through. But the flesh was at that stage like not having it. But he recognized it. He even saw the blood dripping from his brow. And then he's tapped into the Spirit and he says, Lord, not my will, not the flesh, but the Spirit. Let's live from that place because that's how we make eternal impact. That's how we change. Not about the outside man, about the inside. Not about being born from your mother, even though we celebrate Mother's Day, but being born of God. That's how you sustain in this world. Verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world doesn't say we'll not have any trouble in the world. It says you will overcome the world. And this is the victory has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes in Jesus as the Son of God. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. Your eyes bear witness. When we have a... a um, at someone on trial, what do they call? They call forth witnesses and they call them to the stand and they ask them, what have you seen? And when they ask them, what have they seen? They give an account, they witness, they share what they have seen. We need to decide, are we going to witness about the inside, what the inside has seen or what the outside has seen? Are we going to wake up in the morning and say, oh, I saw the news and it says this and that. Or I'm going to wake up in the morning, oh, I looked on the inside and guess what? Jesus is still there. Yes, I looked on the inside and the power of God is still there. Yes, I looked in my bank account. It doesn't look that well. But guess what? I've got the provider living in me. Yes, I read the report from the doctor. But guess what? I looked on the inside and Romans 8 says that the power of God lives in me and gives health to my mortal body. So both are true. But it's just it's focus. It's perspective. Jesus was in the storm, but he was above the storm because he's the name above every name. And he now lives in us. Doesn't mean like you look at your bank account and say, no, you're a liar. No, it's true. Like if you don't have money, you don't have money. Amen? Doesn't have to stay that way. But it's true. Don't like you, you're coughing, you're sneezing. We tell people, like, how do you feel? Now I feel great, brother, this week. I'm like, I don't want to know your faith statement. I want to know now what your physical body feels like. And let's deal with that. Because if you know what you feel like, then we can operate according to that. We can speak to that. We can deal with the situation. So sometimes we just need to be real, like Jesus was real. He didn't want to go to the cross in the physical, but he knew that it would bring joy to the Father. Go read um, Isaiah 53, if you don't believe me. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame. That's Hebrews. He went through the shame, the despising, because he lived from the inside. And that's really our focus this morning, should be, how do we go through a crisis? Maybe you're not going through a crisis right now. 
But you know what? When, you, when, when do you build your house on the rock? Before the rain comes. Amen? I'm not prophesying crises. I've had a... I almost said the word terrible. A hectic week dealing with crisis upon crisis. You know how I dealt with it? Day by day. That's why we only on Friday decided about the men conference. Because we didn't have to decide before then. We couldn't. And if we did, we would have had cancelled it. But by then we had enough negative tests to say, listen guys, we don't know what it's going to be like. We're going to have six guys do setup. You know how we did setup yesterday? We did set up with Armand, who is like, I've never realized how brilliant he is. And I knew he was brilliant, but it was amazing. He was on a WhatsApp call, a video call with WhatsApp, isolating at home, like because we asked him to. Wanting to be at the men's conference with all in him, saying, listen, I submit to this body, I'll follow. But I'm not going to just sit back and, not, uh, and fall apart and cry. No, he was on a WhatsApp call. Paul was holding the phone and JC was running around. None of them have ever done sound in this church. And they set up the church with Armand giving indication to them. My father-in-law sat here and he was totally amazed as a visitor. The dedication and how we're willing to make things happen and how we work together. That's the team. That's the people that we're a part of. That's our family. And I'm so proud of everyone who's not here today because we asked them not to be here today. Because that's submission. And you always preach healing and you preach faith. I know. But let's be above reproach. Let's rather be on the safe side. You're not going to not go to heaven if you miss today. You can join online. You can enjoy with us. We make things happen. We couldn't have a worship team up. We make things happen. We're not not going to worship. God's still good. We're going to enjoy what we have. We have great things. Amen? We have an awesome time. Yesterday, we didn't even know that Lion King preached the gospel. Who knew that Lion King preached the gospel? We played a clip from the Lion King. and I, I, I mean, I downloaded the clip. I made sure it was in. And it was almost like Eddie's testimony. Like the next line, wow. The next line, wow. Look on the inside. The king lives on you. You are the king. You have authority. Get up. Be who you are. Live that life. Awaken to your true self. Simba was facing a crisis. Hiding in the bushes. Hiding out in the jungle. Yeah? The pastor now preached on Simba, Lion King, and soccer on Mother's Day. How God has a sense of humor, doesn't he? Who's on the inside? That's what we need to realize. The father, the prodigal son's father, he walks out and he speaks to the older brother. The older brother is now going through a crisis because I've worked so hard and I've never had a party. This little runt of a brother, he goes out, messes up everything, discards my dad. I need to keep this family alive. I had to dry my father's tears. I had to tell him I still love him. I had to work so hard to keep this household together. And he gets the party. That's a crisis. Maybe you've been in a sibling crisis like that. Maybe you felt like the responsible one. Or maybe the other side as well. What does the father say? Son. That's where he starts. Identity. It's the end of Luke 15. Don't need to look it up to me. It's fine. It's the end of Luke 15. He speaks to the oldest son. He goes outside. He speaks to him. Why? Because he doesn't want to come in and join the celebration. A lot of people are going through crises. I say, listen guys, if our focus is right, we can party all the way through it. And even if you don't, the father comes to you. The father steps outside of the celebration. He finds us where we are. And he says, listen man, you're my child. Let's start there. And he says the following words. All that I have is yours. And usually when we re read Luke 15, it's the, it's the lost coin, it's the lost sheep, and then it's the lost son. And then we, don't, we, we sort of skip through the end of Luke 15. But I just had like such a highlight on that, like where the father says, listen, this is identity. Listen, this is all that you have. All that I have is yours. And, and you've always, you are always with me. Those are the words. You are always with me and all that I have is yours. Wow. Isn't that what we shared on the last four weeks on complete? I'm always with you and all that the God the Father has is us. But I'm, he and this guy and this is unfair. It's a focus thing. And by focusing on the wrong things, focusing on the outside, focusing on the circumstances, he missed out on everything that he had. He could have slaughtered a fatted calf every night of the week. Probably had a cholesterol problem after that, but that's not the point. All that was there was his. And now he's upset because his brother got one little fatted calf. And that's, isn't that what we do? 
God, but so-and-so is only a new Christian and, and they get a new car. I remember growing up, I was 21 years old, recently born again, full of zeal, full of the Spirit, running places, doing things. And then my friend gets a new car. And then I'm happy for him and then when my birthday comes, I don't get a new car. And then you're like, but, but I went to church more or, or, or I pray more or I don't mess up as much or I don't... It's not about that. It's all that you have is on the inside. Hebrews 13.5 says, Be content with what you have. And it's not meaning, Oh, my house is okay. I mean, I can do better. My wife really wants new curtains, but we're content. That's not what it speaks about. It says, goes on and it says, Because I will never leave you. What do you have? The presence of God. Be content with what you have, because what you have is amazing, but it's on the inside. How do you deal with a crisis? You can go through a crisis content. Don't be happy. Don't camp there. God leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. He doesn't set it up there. He puts us down to waters that in green grass and still waters. That's where we can camp with Him. But sometimes we need to get up and go through things. Sometimes we need to not sit in lockdown and isolation and just sit and wait. But we need to get up and even if we're in lockdown and situations, do whatever we can to get through that. To be a difference. To make a difference. To live this life. To focus. We have a purpose in this world. And the purpose is amazing. We need to be born of God. 1 John 5 and verse 7. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. How do we deal with the crisis? The older brother arrives home after a hard day of work, labor. Guys, that's when we are tired. You just want five minutes out. Or you want to go for a jog. Or you want to walk to the beach. Or you want to go for a surf. I don't know what you do. To He comes home and there's a massive party which he does not want to be part of. How do we deal with the crisis? It's in this verse. The Father. The Father. He comes out. He says, Son. The, word, when, the moment God speaks to you as Son, it should link in your mind, I have a Father. Now there's some Star Wars things that go off in my head, which I shouldn't share, but I am your Father. You are my Son. And then the Word. And that's what we're doing this morning. And that's what we should be doing every day. How do we go through a crisis? Put your noses in the Word. John 16, 17, 18. If you're going through a crisis. Paul is going through a massive crisis. Go read Philippians. He's in jail. That's a crisis. If the leader of an international ministry is in jail. Think about it. If that happens today. It's a crisis. What does Paul do? I rejoice in all things. Again I say rejoice. Why? Because we, we have our noses in the Word and then the Holy Spirit. How important. Without the Holy Spirit, like, why did Jesus sleep in the storm? He was the only one baptized in the Holy Spirit. We look at the Gospels and we think sort of, sure, these, these disciples, they had authority, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit. And there's a difference. Luke 10, he sends them out two by two with authority, the authority of his name. But only in Acts 2, do they get baptized in the Holy Spirit. So for us, it should be in the, in the storm, Jesus is in the boat, but He's focusing on the inner man. They can't. They're not born again. They're not empowered by the Holy Spirit. So we don't read it and say, ah, oh, stupid Peter, and oh, if Bartholomew just did this, or, or, or John and... James didn't want to call down fire from heaven. It was a natural understanding. And when we look at it, we can identify ourselves. Are we operating like Christ from the inner man? Or are we operating from the Spirit? Because we have the opportunity to do both. It's your choice. The book of Galatians is all about it. Are you operating from the flesh or from the Spirit? Are you operating from the flesh or from the Spirit? Are you either with your noses in the Word, knowing your identity as a son, and dealing with the Holy Spirit? Again, John 16, Jesus is preparing the disciples for a crisis. And what does he say? It's better that I go away. I can just imagine what Peter said about that. No, 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 no. Jesus, you don't understand. I think John is very gracious to Peter that he doesn't put everything Peter said in the, in the gospel. Amen. <laughs> Here and there, he gets in a little cheap shot and he says that I'm faster than him and, and things like that. Um, I also don't think it's he. He doesn't tell us that Peter walked on the water. I think there was a, a, a healthy rivalry uh, sort of between the two of them. But it's so important that we focus on the Spirit. 
Jesus, in the midst of a crisis, the biggest crisis in human history, in John 17, prays and He prays for us. We can pray. We can spend time in the Word, spend time with the Father. That's communing with Him. Pray in the Spirit. Jesus is our greatest example. And let's see how He went through crisis. He prayed. He prayed in the Spirit. And He didn't just pray for Himself. Romans 8. As we're going to spend the best time of what we have left together. How do we deal with the crisis? Let's focus. Let's focus on the inner man. The first verse in Romans 8 we know. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Do you know that Paul is going through a massive crisis, an internal crisis in Romans 7? He says, what I want to do, I don't do. And what I want to do and don't want to do, that I do. And a wretched man that I am. And, 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 and all these things, he, 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 he gets into the flesh, I believe, just a little bit. It's as if the Holy Spirit just changes his focus to the natural man. And then verse eight, or Romans 8.1 says, therefore. Before I go completely down and bonkers into this dark pit of flesh and, and misery and, and anxiety and feeling bad for myself, therefore, it's like a wake-up call, there is now no condemnation. Whether you cause the crisis or you just find yourself in the crisis, there is therefore no condemnation. That's so important. Because condemnation brings fear. In John 4, 1 John 4, it says that perfect love casts out fear because fear brings with it the expectation of punishment, one of the translations say. Torment. The expectation of punishment. Paul in Romans 7 realizes that he should be expecting punishment. He, he gets into fear because, oh wretched man that I am, but therefore, wake up call, no condemnation because I'm in Christ Jesus. Wherever you are today, have a therefore moment. Whether it's going good or bad. If it's good, it's because you're in God. If it's bad, don't worry about it. Focus on God. No condemnation. Because condemnation, the very nature of the word, means unfit for use. If we condemn a building, we're not allowed in. If you are condemned for whatever reason, you are not allowed to operate. But guess what? God said go. Norman said it yesterday. He said, we've been praying and waiting and God sent people and God sent us 2,000 years ago. He said go into all the world. And there's nowhere where it's recorded that where he said stop. Where we presume a red light because we are such good Christians and we want to make 100% sure. I include myself there. We always ask God, should I go? We don't ask God, should I stay rather? God, I'm going. Are you going to stop me? That's what Paul did. The book of Acts. I was going and the Holy Spirit stopped me. I was going to Asia and the Holy Spirit hindered me. I was going there and the Holy Spirit said, wait, not yet. Where we always want to like... God send me. God send that word. Send that prophet. Send that sign. Send the gold dust. Send the feathers. Lord, like, make a sign. He gave a sign. He gave Jesus. He said go. And yes, he will make a sign if he wants to stop you rather. It's not good for you. Eddie said that yesterday as well. Just before he got shot, he felt the Holy Spirit say to him, go home, go inside. He didn't know the voice of the Holy Spirit. He was like Samuel who ran to Eli and said, listen, why are you calling me? He says, it's not me. We need to know the voice of our Father. The voice of the Holy Spirit would have... If, if Eddie knew that, his testimony would be, have been greater, less spectacular, because he wouldn't have been shot 30 times, or shot at 30 times. But we, we like to, to like to see the big crisis, the full-blown mushroom cloud blow up, and then we wait and invite God into the mess. Jesus prepared himself step by step for the crisis ahead. John 16, he's not crucified yet. John 17, he's not crucified yet. John 18, he's not crucified yet. But all of that's preparation. It's rooting. It's founding the, the disciples into the Holy Spirit. Guys, there's going to be a crisis. This is what you're going to do. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. It's better that I go away. And then what does Peter do? Oh, they want to take him away. Chop off his ear. Jesus just said, it's better that I go away. But it's not according to our plans and our understanding and our dreams. It's not according to the physical eyes. It's according to the spiritual workings of the kingdom. And therefore he missed it. So God kicked him out and never spoke to him again. No. Therefore there is no condemnation. Peter, you made a big mess. Let me pick up this ear. Fix it. Go and sit down your sword. 
God deals with us like the children we are. <laughs> we are His children. We should grow up, but sometimes we act like toddlers. Sometimes we cry like babies. doesn't change the fact that you're His child. Sometimes you've grown up, you've got responsibilities in the kingdom, and you still make a mess. doesn't change the fact that you're His child. The older brother, he was grown up, he was working for the kingdom, for the father, on the farm. Say, son, I'm always with you. Three things. Father, son, there's a relationship. I'm always with you, Holy Spirit. And all that I have is yours. I showed it to you by giving you my word, by making the word flesh, by giving you my son, Jesus. In one verse, at the end of a... We don't know if it's a parable. It's a story. Could have happened. The word often says, and Jesus told a parable. So he goes in and he says, Son. Father, son. I belong. Oh, I messed up. Let me pick up that ear you cut off. And let me put it back on for you. That's miracles. But we live in the fullness of who we are. We don't need miracles. We don't need it if we live in the blessing. If we live in the power from the inside. If you never get sick, you never need healing. If you get sick, there is healing. But if you never get sick, you never need healing. So that's maturity. That's growing up. That's going to, to be one of them. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. Verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ, Jesus has made me free from the law of sin of death. Just look at how he describes what we are part of. The law of the spirit of life. Where? In Christ. Christ in us, we in Him. It's like this, this oneness. It's so together, we don't know who's in who. <laughs> we don't know who's in who. Is He in us? It's because it's a fusion. And John 17, He speaks about it. And I'm actually glad Norman didn't go to John 17 because we would have been here for another three days, I believe. Because if we get into the oneness we have with God, it's so, so, so awesome. This new law is a spiritual thing. Yes, and we speak authority from the Spirit into the natural, like God created the world. But if the world falls apart, it's okay. Because the Spirit never does. And then we need to get into the Word, into the Spirit. Why did I only make decisions as I went this week? Because the Word said, don't worry about tomorrow. Is it Matthew 6, 34? I think so. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Where's the kingdom? We're building kingdom, brother. Where's the kingdom? Kingdom is on the inside. What did Jesus preach? Kingdom. And what did the disciples want? What's on the outside? They wanted to overthrow the Romans. They wanted the temple back. They wanted to have a, a palace for Jesus. They wanted to be actually... It wasn't so much about Jesus, let's be honest. They had the mentality of stick with Jesus and he'll make me famous. Peter definitely had that. It's funny how I speak about the guy with her, my, my namesake so much. <laughs> but it's about the inside. Jesus said the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, joy and peace. Where? In the Holy Ghost. Romans 6. Righteousness. Wow. The kingdom is about righteousness. Seek the kingdom. Seek righteousness. Where is it? It's on the inside. Peace. Where's peace? Well, in the midst of the storm, we need peace. In the midst of the crisis, we need peace. This week, I needed peace. Peace to make decisions. Sometimes this week, I was just like, I'm not in a position to make a decision right now. So let's pause. Let's not make the decision. Because otherwise, if we're going to make a decision now, you ask yourself, does this decision need to be made right now? And the answer is usually no. And I'm not saying going to a spin and, and, and get lethargic and passive. No, just ask yourself, does this decision need to be made right now? And if the answer is no, just wait. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. So we literally had to take it step by step this week. Make a decision. Call a meeting. Have a meeting. Make a decision in that meeting. Call another meeting. Make a decision. Speak to the hotel. Speak to the speakers. Speak to everyone. Like, every day, like, just put things in place and today we are celebrating that no weapon formed against us will prosper we know that but god gives us a toolbox he gives us wisdom the mind of christ so we can't just run haywire and think everything's going to work okay all right we're going to get there now romans 8 everything he makes everything work together for our good yes he does but we can either make it more difficult or easier how by either operating from the flesh or the spirit 
If you're operating from the flesh, you are keeping the Holy Spirit really busy. Because He's having to clean up all your messes. But if you're operating from the Spirit, you're keeping Him busy in that He now co-labors with you. And now it's like, you know vectors. See, that's why God sent me to study engineering to be a preacher. It's funny, huh? So vectors is forces. And if you have two vectors in opposing directions, you have a zero result. So if you operate in the flesh and the Holy Spirit is operating in you, you're not going anywhere. Well, you're going to heaven, but you're not going to live kingdom right now here. But as soon as you align the Spirit and you submit the, spirit, uh, the, the flesh to what the Spirit is doing, now you have co-labor. And now you go much further, much faster. Because God is a gentleman. He's got all the power in the world and He put it right where? On the inside of us. <laughs> that blows my mind. That the God of the universe would submit His power and authority to our usage of it. Jesus said, it's better if I go away because now you can do it. So we need to grow up in terms of the fact that we can do it. Oh, but this happened. and uh, Yes, but you can do it. You can even pick out the ear up that someone else cut off and you can put it back on. Clean up someone else's mess for, for, for once. That's what the guys did yesterday with just a practical thing like setting up the sound. It wasn't their responsibility. But we'll make it happen. And we'll do what we can. And we're going to have a great conference. Romans 8 and verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. One of the most underrated verses of Scripture in the Bible. Because you don't even need a preacher to explain it to you. I think if David wrote it, he would have put Selah at the end. Pause and think on that. So are you seeing death in your life or are you seeing life and peace? That's the, that, that's the thermometer. When you walked in, you got your temperature was measured. It wasn't determined. It wasn't enforced. That's a thermostat. It says you set the, the, the oven to 180. I don't know why everything goes to 180, but maybe it's the Kook and Geniet's fault. That's a thermostat. So you put it up and then it needs to react. And then you put a thermometer there and it says it's 180 when the light goes off. We should be thermostats, not thermometers in this world. We should be the ones setting the temperature in the room, in the family, in the business, in the church, in the world. We should be saying, listen, what I have on the inside is much, much, much more than what's happening on the outside. So let's, set it up. let's get it out. What's out there in the world, it's cold, it's horrible, it's, it's, it's lukewarm even. But I can either complain about it or I can use what's on the inside of me, the thermostat. The thermometer is, the, the, is the, the, the flesh eyes. The thermostat is the spirit. Either you're going to be a victim and say, oh, the world is so bad and there's so much horrible things out there and there's so many mothers without help and there's so many homeless people and there's so many people not knowing the gospel. The thermostat says there's so many people not knowing the gospel. What are we going to do about it? Who am I going to invite? Who am I going to share? Who am I going to disciple? What is the, what is the resources we're going to create to, to go there? Again, we're looking for the spectacular. We're looking for the stadiums often to solve our crises. But those crises happen in the private room. It happens in homes. So shouldn't we go to homes behind closed doors to families to go and fix the crises of our nation? Yes, we can have big celebration meetings and we can fill stadiums, but has that ever formed a lasting solution? Makes the news. Gives hope. But Jesus says, my hope does not diminish. Because Christ in you is the hope of glory. So I don't know what your crisis is you are going through. But the Romans 18 verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, oh, Pastor, don't say that. Jesus said it. Paul said it. There might be some suffering. Paul says, I'm finishing the suffering that Christ didn't. In one of his words, one of the, one of the letters, he says that. Why? Because if Paul suffers, Jesus suffers. 
Because that's the very words Jesus gave to Paul. He says, Paul, you're persecuting me. You're hurting me. You're hurting my church, but that's me. If children, then heirs. Verse 18, look at this in terms of focus. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Wow. So again, the sufferings of what? The present time. I'm sure that's aeon. That's, that's the time, the age in which we live. But that's COVID time. Law time. Whatever time it is, it doesn't matter because what is in us is greater than the time we're in, than the age we're in, than, than what we're going through. I consider the sufferings of this present time. Today, make this your verse. What I'm suffering today is fine because what is in me is so much greater. It's not worthy to be even compared. And then he says later on to us, like, think about things above. Don't think about things on the earth. For we have saved, uh, verse 24, for we are saved in His hope. This hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. <laughs> I don't like that. I want to see the hope, but then what? I need to look on the inside. Hope that is seen is not hope. So if you get that SMS that your money problem is solved, that's not really hope because you're going to spend that money again. Because next month you need to pay rent again. That's the problem with money. I don't know if you realize. It comes and goes. But the provider lives on the inside of you and he said, all that I have is yours and I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm always with you. Christ where? Inside. Is what? Hope to survive? The hope That's why the present sufferings of this earth is not even comparable. We shouldn't even waste one moment of thought on it. Yes, there's practical implications. Pray in the Spirit and deal with it. The quicker you get into the Spirit, the mind of Christ, tap into the wisdom of God, deal with the decisions you need to make, the sooner you can get back into the Word, back into the spiritual realm. It's not even worthy. Verse 24. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Again, one of the virtues of Christianity, perseverance. I've never done the comrades and I don't necessarily plan to. But I've spoken to people who've done it. And if you've done it once, you know you can run 89 kilometers. And you can do it again. And you might suffer if you didn't practice enough, but you know you can do it. You've done it. Once you've persevered through something, you know you can stick it through. You know God's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's going to love you. He's going to come through. It's going to be better on the other side. He's going to make it happen. Likewise, verse 26, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Therefore, God knew that we were weak. Therefore, He made a plan. <laughs> Paul says, remember, we're coming from, from Romans 7. Where he has a crisis. He speaks about his weaknesses, which is fleshly. And now he says, therefore, again, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray. He says, even if we don't know what to pray, the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which we cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. We know what do you know when there's a crisis? Every Sunday morning I, read, I drive out my, my complex and usually with a trailer on with all the church stuff and it's very early and uh, this morning I didn't because we did most of the setup yesterday. Praise God how he worked it out because we didn't have a team really this morning. But we had a little bit of a team yesterday and a little bit of a team today so what? guess what? God always makes things work together for our good. And this morning... Jeanette showed up and said, how can I help? I'm like, Jeanette, you are God sent. This is how you can help. But this morning, my story is actually, every morning I drive, every Sunday morning, there's a guy who wants to sell me a newspaper. And I don't, I haven't always been there. I was always like, what's the news? And I'm still, what's the news? And then I realized this morning, because it's so ridiculous. It's not even worthy to be compared with what I'm about to do where I'm going, where I'm heading, and it's not going to have one single bit of impact on what we're going to do 
on a Sunday. Because whether it's politicians or whether it's COVID or whether it is whatever, it is not worthy to be compared to the glory which we have in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's interesting. It has sometimes a practical implication, but guess what? News already happened. So there's nothing I can do about it. It's either false prophecy or it's what happened. Or it's fake. Again, I think the powers that be put news and sport in the same criteria. It says, let's keep them busy. Let them rattle those rattles. But we know as Christians, it's not about what happens with the rattles on the outside. It's about the Holy Spirit living on the inside. It's not about making noise. Jesus never made a lot of noise, I believe. But when He spoke, it was with authority. That's what the, the people said. When He speaks, it's not like our, it's not like our teachers. Because He speaks as one with authority. When we speak, we can have that same authority. It helps us in our weaknesses. Look at verse 27. Now He who searches the hearts knows that the mind of the Spirit is because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And then we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. A crisis does not change your purpose. A crisis does not change your purpose. It might try to distract you from fulfilling that purpose, but it never changes it. My purpose is to preach the gospel. So if I have a crisis and we need to preach online, then I preach online. But if I can preach in person, then I preach in person, because a crisis is not going to stop me from fulfilling my purpose. Same for you. Verse 31, let's end off. It says, what shall we say to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is He who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore also is risen. I love it. Remember, we start off with no condemnation, verse 1. Now he says, who's going to condemn me? Christ died for me. Now guess what? He didn't just die for me. He invites us to the more. Remember we said Christ died. He was risen from the dead, resurrected, but now he's raised and seated in heavenly places. He says, yes, he died for me. That's enough. But guess what? He did more. He was risen. Raised again for our justification. Resurrected. Raised again. Ascend it into a place of the right hand of the Father, authority which we now share with Him. Christ who died and furthermore also is risen, who is even at the right hand of God. There He says it. It's like three steps. Devil, what do you have? Circumstances, what do you have? Enemies, what do you have? Who's going to condemn me? Jesus died for me. Know what? He didn't just die for me. He rose again. He's not dead anymore. And he isn't me. But guess what? There's more. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. In Ephesians 2, 6 says, I'm seated right there with Him. How do we deal with a crisis? Focus. Jesus died for me. He's no longer dead. He's alive. And He's not just alive. He's at the right hand of the Father. And every name that is named is under His authority. And I'm in Him. So when I speak, it's as if He speaks. When I pick up an ear and put it on, it's as if He does it. When I hug a child, it's as if He does it. When I welcome a stranger into my home, it's as if he does it. If I go through sufferings and persecution, he is going through it with you. And he's our good shepherd who says, I go with you through the valley of the, the shadow of death, but you will fear no evil. Because no weapon formed against you will prosper. And every time that rises against you, that's the second part of the verse, you will condemn. Now you know that you need to know that you are not condemned in order to be able to condemn what is said against you. And isn't that exactly what Paul is telling us through Romans 6, 7 and 8? says, I, I feel condemned, but that's the flesh. I'm not condemned because I'm in the, in the Spirit. I'm in Christ. And now I live from the right hand of the Father, and every tongue that rises up against me, I will condemn. I will tell that 
word, that report, that tongue, that thing that is screaming for my attention, I will condemn it. I will tell it, you are unfit for use. You are not going to fulfill your purpose. Because the word of God fulfills its purpose, but the words of the world doesn't have to. We can trample that lion and say no more. And we can remind the enemy that his head has been crushed by the heel of my Savior Jesus. And that happened 2,000 years ago. So let's remind him that he has no business dealing with God's children. Because we live from the inside out. And we live kingdom inside out. And we live in joy. Therefore rejoice. Because he who is in you. Why did the Father say, come and join the party, man. Come on, son. This is what we do. I have a sermon called Lord of the Dance where I speak about that. How I'm sure the father was the first one to open the dance floor. And I'm sure he had some moves. And he's inviting his oldest son, even the one who's in the household, of son, I'm your father. We have a relationship. All that I have is yours. And I will never leave you. I'm always with you. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.